and this is the Age Group Multisport Podcast with me, Richard Conway. This is a platform for Age Group Multisport athletes to showcase their journeys. Welcome along to AMP and thank you once again for taking your time out to listen to our podcast. Much appreciated. Hope you enjoy this episode and on this episode we meet Angela Joyner Handy and Angela got in touch, as most people do, by messaging me um, and then she dropped me an email with a background story and wow, what a story. And she started off running as a, as a kid and uh, I think it came quite naturally to her. And it wasn't until she went to one of the major championships that uh, she actually got put in a place and she realised that she couldn't just go out and run, she had to start training. So she did. And she was, I think, only 11. So to have that wisdom about, actually, I've got to, I've got to work for this, has held her in good stead throughout whatever she's done in life. And it's been quite varied. She did really, really well as a runner. Um almost reaching the Olympics with Commonwealth and World Championships on the way. And then when she finally decided to call time on her running career, she kept fitness up and somebody mentioned about multi-sport, triathlon. So she thought, oh, that might be all right, give it a go. And yeah, the rest, they say, is history. She decided that swimming wasn't for her, as a lot of us do. And she went down the duathlon route um, because, as she says, she just really didn't enjoy the swim part of it. So, you know, why do things that you don't enjoy? And in the meantime, she also found powerlifting where she's become a world champion at various parts of the discipline. And uh, we dive into that. And um, as we speak, she's probably just broken several world records. So I hope you enjoy Angie's story from elite running into powerlifting and multi-sport. And that's coming up. So nice to be back after 12 days of sailing around Greece, the coastline and the islands. It was uh, absolutely fab. Really enjoyed it. Tiring. Um, but yeah, it's nice to come home and get back into some sort of routine, get back to training. We did do a little bit of training, some running and some swimming when we were, were away, but uh, yeah, it'd be nice to be in your own bed and eat your own food and get your plan up and running again. So I don't really know what's been going on in the triathlon multi-sport world, other than there has been some racing. Still to catch up with some yet, although we did see the Super League triathlon over in Miami this weekend, which was good fun to watch as always. Really enjoyed that. And well done to Hayden Wilde, he absolutely nailed it. And Cassandra Bogrand, who was, again, different class. So well done to those guys and thank you for the entertainment. 
And as I've been aware, there's not been many podcasts listened to, so I've got no reviews for this episode. I'll put that right for the next episode. One note of disappointment was that the World Triathlon Organisation didn't give people the opportunity to watch the grand final on any other platform apart from their own, which you had to pay for, which I thought was a bit disappointing because they'd been televising every other race apart from the test event live on the BBC. So I'm not sure if that's the way to go for them. Uh, In my mind, I thought they were trying to grow the sport and make it more popular. And you actually don't do that by getting people who already like to watch the sport to pay for it. Um, Just a thought, my two penneth on that. And we've tried to watch the highlights and they've put about four minutes on YouTube, which, you know, it's not really quality watching, is it? So, yeah, I think they need to sort that out. I know they need to make some money. I get that. Um, But there's got to be other ways, surely, sponsorship deals and things. Um, but there you go, just just a bit of a thought there. Well, that's enough of my ramblings. Uh, not much this week because I've been away, like I said, and uh, I haven't really got much else to talk about. So we're going to get straight to it. Going to get to the main event. And I hope you enjoy Angie's story. Lovely lady, really had a laugh. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. My name's Angie Joyner-Handy and um, I've started running probably at boarding school when I was about nine or ten. I didn't really train, I just um, enjoyed racing. I suppose I've always enjoyed competing. Uh, So I did a few like local school races and then got selected to represent the area and I got a little bit of a wake-up call because I didn't come first. I came about 30th. And that was a little bit of a shock to the system. But when I stood back and realised how many good athletes there were there, then it, I told myself, if you actually want to improve, you need to train. That's the first step. So, And how old I were did, you there, Angie? I was about 11. 11 or 12. Well, that's quite quite something, isn't it, that you actually thought of that, that you needed to train, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, you could easily just let your ego be hurt as a child and think, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm used to coming first, what's happened? But I think I w- was able to be realistic and think, well, you know, it's a much bigger pool of athletes now, much, much bigger. So to expect to win when there's many more talent, you, the propensity to have greater, more talent there is increased and I've done no training. So what really did I expect? So I did a bit of training and then um, I sort of got to my kind of late teens and I used to train during the week and then I would go out and get drunk at the weekends. <laughs> what, at 11? 
No, not at 11, my late <laughs> teens, when I was in my late teens. So I sort of, I've always competed. Yeah. We moved to Germany and um, I can remember I was really, I was super dedicated because we lived, my dad was based at RAF Gutterslow. And so we lived in Harswinkle about 20k away. And I would cycle to the track, 20k to do my training with a German running club that Chris Akabusi ran for when he was in the army. Wow. And then I'll cycle back. And I was really, really committed, actually. Um, and I ran for German running club and did quite well. And then moved back to the UK, sort of 19. And I like the idea of, I love competing, but I kind of, I would train during the week, as I said. And then at the weekends, I would kind of ruin it all by going out and drinking and, you know. And then in my early 20s, I got a, my first England vest, England um, cross-country vest. And then after that, I thought, right, let's just, you've got to start being a bit more disciplined. So I started just coming back my nights out of the weekends and then I moved to Loughborough to be coached by George Gandhi. Yeah. Um, and then I started and I was just kind of on the periphery of uh, probably mid-20s, say 26, 27, to being, you know, getting a GB vest. And um, then you make that extra little bit of effort. You think, well, if I look at what I'm eating if I stretch a bit more, if I try and sleep a bit more, all those things you gradually add in. And then I think when I was, I think it's just before I was 28, I, I had a mad 18 months where I went to the World Half Marathon Championships. I went to the World Cross Country Championships and we won a team bronze. And I went to the Commonwealth Games and ran in the 10,000 metres. Wow. Were you, were you classed as professional then? Were you, were you working as well or how did it work? I was working, which was a little bit of a bugbear of mine because I thought I just fell out of the criteria of getting um, assistance from GB Athletics. You had to be in the top 40 at the World um, Half Marathon Championships and I came actually came 40 in, but you had to be inside. I was the first Britain home as well. In the Commonwealth, you had to run sub-33 minutes for 10K, and my best was 33.20. And you had to be inside the top 50 at the World Cross, and I was 51st. Oh, wow. So I just, just fell short on all the criteria, and I just thought, I know they need to have a criteria, but I don't think there are many athletes who can compete across the board internationally over those different disciplines yeah luckily my husband who was my boyfriend at the time basically financially supported me so I just worked part-time and just did temping jobs so that I could go off and race or go off and train whenever I needed to so definitely it was a without his help I couldn't have done it or it'd be absolutely shattered because I would have had to have worked Full time, all the time. Yeah, well, that's teamwork, isn't it? So yeah, because you always want more. You mm. always think 
oh, you know, I've got more, I've got more in me, I've got more in me. Um, and then Lou and I got married. So I was 31. Um, and then I, I just had a series of injuries beforehand. And I really did want to make the, I tried to make the team for the Olympics for the marathon. It's really gutting because five or six weeks before I was in absolutely prime, prime shape. I was warm weather training in Portugal. I'd been the reserve for the World Cross. So I was over there anyway. And I thought I'll stay on and do some warm weather training. And uh, I did a 25 mile run, my last long run on my own. And I think I ran it at the equivalent of about 2.36 for the marathon. And I only needed to run 2.36 to qualify. And I thought, I have, come on, this is, I can do this. But I overtrained. It's so easy to do. And I think I just ran myself into the ground. I should have just taken my foot off the gas then with five weeks to go and just coasted in because you've done the work. But I didn't. I overtrained and I got ill. And I ran a 2.44 in London. And I was absolutely gutted because... It's not like 100 metres. You can't run another one a week later. <laughs> <laughs> it takes so long to recover. Um, so then that was then in, that was in the April. In the May, I got married. And I think I just thought, okay, just have time out and have a baby and then come back, which is what I tried to do. And I think I got back to running like 17 minutes for 5K, but it's not good enough. Um, and then I thought, okay, look, you've, 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 had, you've had your time. You've done well. Um, and then I had a few years out where I didn't really do much. But I, I could go out and run 10 miles, like no problem. So I did little bits here and there just to keep my base fitness. And then when I was, um, I think my kids were about five and seven, I used to go spinning at the um, the dome here on a Sunday morning. And the girl who worked in the, behind the desk said, oh, you should take up, you should join Newmarket Triathlon Club. It's only 15 pounds a year. Well, I did remind her some years later. I, I said, I know you said it's 15 pounds a year, but you didn't mention the starter bike. Then the carbon bike, then the then the mountain bike, then the you know the this and the that and the but so I did do triathlon and duathlon, but swimming is not. If I go to the local pool and I'm swim fit, I'm I'm fine. I go to a triathlon and it's damage limitation. Yeah, yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? It's like I always say, I'm the same. Mainly a duathlete, I can't swim. I have qualified before, but. If you haven't swam, I mean, this high, and you haven't got that technical ability, you're always playing catch-up, aren't you? Yep, you are. Yeah. So I found that I did Vitruvian Half Ironman. I did it until I got a GB vest because I just wanted to do that. The first time I did Vitruvian Half Ironman, I obviously hadn't done enough swimming training. And I don't know if you've ever done Vitruvian. No, I haven't. So it's you, it's you set off around... And the reservoir, or, you know, it's a reservoir, yeah. But they, it's like an Australian 
um, you get out and back in again. Australia. And they set the men. That's it. That's the one. They set the men off 10 minutes afterwards. Well, I was too slow because they were catching me up and they swam over me. And I absolutely hated it. And I sat on the bank and thought, I mean, I still, I came out of the water probably fourth last, but I think I came 30th woman overall. So I just creamed the bike and creamed the run. But um, I did not enjoy that swim. And I thought, oh, I'm not doing this again. Oh, I don't want to be swam over. And I thought, okay, if you trained, you could get 10 minutes quicker. So that would put you further up the field and you wouldn't have this problem. So that's what I did the next year. And it worked. So I came out like the top, just under the top half, the top half of the the last third. Um, and I had a really strong bike. And then I had a really brilliant half marathon. I think around the second quickest out of all of the women, even the elite women. And I got silver in my age group and came 13. So me and Angie Gurgis, who's a, such a good athlete, we hobbled over and had a look at the results. And I wanted to get under five hours and try. I thought I got the goals. I thought, come on. I did 5.00.38. And the woman who got gold in our age group was like five minutes ahead, ahead of me. And I thought, okay. But I was still really happy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Still really uh, happy. So you said that you, did you use that for a quali- to qualify for GB then? Yeah, so then I went on and did the um European Championships. And how did you find out about the whole age group thing? Um oh gosh. It, I've been doing them for 14 years and I honestly cannot remember how I found out. Is it somebody in the club or? It might have been somebody in Newmarket Triathlon Club who said you should go for the duathlon. And then they, yeah, I think that probably was it. They said you'd be good, you could make the GB team. And then I did a qualifier and I think I was in a roll down. Ah, right, yeah. I was in a roll down. I thought, great, it was in Scotland, Arthur's seat. Yeah. Um, so I would say yes, probably somebody from my triathlon club. So what was your what was your first one then? Was it was it a duathlon or was it a triathlon? It was my first whatever competition. Well, but well, yeah. I mean, going back to to um, triathlon and starting that. How did you get into multi sport? Was it just somebody? Oh, well, then- yeah. It was so. It was this <laughs> my friend at the. Sports Centre said, yeah, yeah. so I did a sprint, uh, just a sprint triathlon, and the swim was okay. It's always been damage limitation. But I've, you know, the bike was fine, and then I would make it up on the run. So then I just thought, the more I did the triathlons, the more I thought, then I'd heard about duathlons, and I thought, look, why don't you do what you enjoy? You enjoy the biking, you enjoy the running. So just do that yeah. and haven't looked back. 100%. I think, as I've always said, that it's great doing triathlons because they are good fun. But if you want to be competitive, you've got to, you've got to race to your strengths, haven't you? Yeah. Really. Um, you do. That's, 
and that's the beauty of multi-sport isn't it it's there's so yeah. many different things um that people can do if they don't like biking or they don't like swimming or they don't like running. you can choose something that fits and works yeah and so yeah i mean why why put yourself through all the pain <laughs> you know if you're not really enjoying it because uh, i totally agree i think life is too short to yeah. do stuff you don't enjoy i agree uh, that's have to enjoy it 100%. that's why we do it in the first place isn't it really? yeah i love racing i love a good race i love that when you think oh my god i can taste blood <laughs> <laughs> at the back of my throat it makes me feel alive so how did it develop then? You did a you did your first sprint triathlon, and what what happened? Did you go straight to duathlons, or did you do a few more sprint triathlons? I did a few more sprints, and then I thought I'll have a go at standard. And then I started doing a bit of training. I don't train specifically for it. I have to confess, but it's so competitive now. I know I need to. I saw but, that in your email, and we'll we'll get to that actually because yeah. I was one of the questions that I I, I ask um t- towards the back end of the interview is a week of what does your week of training consist of you know so yeah and you, you with your strength training and everything i'm interested to see how that all fits in um, yeah so, it's good so yeah so then i thought i'll try a few um standard triathlons then i started getting into duathlons more and then i just carried on with the triathlons until I got a GB vest and I knew that my my biggest chance would be in a half Ironman because I got the endurance for the bike and the run and so I can make up any any time lost in that and then um the duathlon so the first one I did Arthur seat I I think I came 22nd so I ran a 40-minute 10K, and I'd done absolutely no running. I wasn't a PT then either. Um, and I felt great. Oh, my goodness, the bike absolutely killed me. I was dead. Then I thought, oh, you've got to do a bit of training. So I've just gradually, over the years, put a little bit more in. But since becoming a PT at four, when I was 45, I trained to be a PT, I kind of rely on my functional fitness. I've relied on that um, and I thought, you know, you've got an hour, if you can do an hour's hard functional fitness, you've got an hour to, to you know, just do a little bit to top that up. Um, but then I've done a few longer distance ones. I've done uh, the World and the European Middle Distance Duathlon Championships. I got bronze medal twice in that. And I went to do the long distance duathlons in Switzerland but unfortunately, I got hypothermia, and I had to withdraw after the first bike lap. Wow! I had to make a decision. I suffer from Raynaud's quite right. badly, yeah. and I had to make a decision. It was three fifty k laps, and I had to decide. You know, the glass is always half full for me. However, I was, you know, when. I'm, you know, I'm first day trained and everything. I understand. I thought oh, I'm 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 up to level three hypothermic here. If I set off on another lap, I'll be out in the mountains yeah. on my own. And it, 
anything it's not worth it so I just made the decision after the first lap and went through transition to just you know stop and I'm glad I did it takes some but, takes some doing as well doesn't it like stop it you know but sensible. yeah you know but it was freezing I was absolutely freezing so no upside to it so I don't know how I would have done in that um and then I've just, since I've been powerlifting, I've dropped down to um, sprint duathlons until I can negotiate my way through it. I don't want to lose my strength gains by doing too much endurance stuff. So this last six months has been about bringing in a bit of duathlon training with the powerlifting and seeing how I go. And how's it going? And I, really, well, so the last month I haven't done too much in the way of duathlon training because I was training for the British Championships and the World Single List. So I've been doing little bits and pieces. Like I will go out, I'll do an off-road bike ride most Sundays with my husband. I got my husband into it. Good. So yesterday, for example, I could feel the power in my legs. Like I'm a little bit of a wuss when it comes to a stony camber because I think, oh, I just don't want to come off. And I yesterday, like my husband was just on my tail. So I just decelerated and I didn't break into the corners and I was able to carry my speed. Then I put the power down on the straight bits and I could feel the strength in my legs from the powerlifting. And if your engine, if you keep your engine fairly good, I could feel that I was able to pull away on those straight bits. So I know that the transference from powerlifting to biking, especially off-road biking, is brilliant. The transference from powerlifting to running is a little bit different. So I'm negotiating my way through that. Well, then you've got that, you know, you've got that background, that engine over years that you've built. Surely that's got to count for something, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. However, I used to be able to go and run a, a 20, sub 20 minute with no running training. And now I'm 54. I can feel that that is just starting to wane. I will have to train to run 20 minutes or under. I will have to train. And that's fine. Yeah. I have to at accept least, that. Yeah, at least you know <laughs> what you've got to do. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, looking at your age category as well, there's some, there's some fast ladies in there, isn't there? You know, it's not, yes. uh, it's quite competitive, should we say? It is. It is really competitive. So I think I look, I've looked at it, and I thought, like the world championship championships this year, I thought if I can run round about twenty minutes, I thought I feel my bike legs are really strong, and I always run well off the bike. So I thought, okay. As long as you can be 20 minutes, 20 and a half minutes, you'll be fine because your bike will be good. But I had a technical issue. I couldn't, I've got a, a electronic shifting bike, DI2, is it? Yeah. And it wouldn't go from the small ring to the big ring. So I was stuck in a small ring the whole way. And I just lost so much power. I think I was only a minute off silver and I thought that's easily a minute on the bike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
But it's fine. It's what it's the way it goes. It is, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you yeah, yeah. I mean, you got into you got into the the age group, and how long have you been doing that now? Oh God, fourteen years. Fourteen years. That's what you said, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. You'll, you'll have been to some places and seen some things, and you've still yeah. got the book for it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I love the people. It's a really unique community. It really is. You don't, I didn't find this, I don't, I'm not, in my experience, triathlon was a little bit more elitist. Um, you know, that's just my personal experience. Dual athletes are all embracing and everyone wants everyone else to do well. Yeah, you know why that is, don't you? Why? Because they're all relieved they don't have to swim. They're all what? All relieved they don't have to swim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they're living their best lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think um it is such a great community. It doesn't I mean I've I've done both um age group uh, and I haven't really seen much difference in that regard. But yeah, it is. It's such a great community. I mean, the people I've met on this podcast have, have just been fantastic. They've all got the same goals. And it's not just, um, the goals aren't just um, trying to race for GB. It's keeping healthy and having a healthy lifestyle. Yes. And the older you get, the more, um, I think, the more people become aware of that. When you're young, yeah. you don't really think about it, do you? But I think it's, no, you, know, you don't. It just becomes a lifestyle and that's it. It's what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. It does become a lifestyle. And you realise when you don't do it, when you I think because I've done sport all my life, like when I don't do it, I, I've realised how important it is for my mental health. Yeah, 100%. It's taken me all of these years to understand that. I mean, Ridiculous. you've only got to come back from a run or something or a bike or a competition and, and feel how much, how better you feel, basically. You know, yeah. the endorphins have kicked in and you just, you're on that high. And, you, yeah. you, you know, even just going to the gym or just going for a swim or a run or a bike, you just feel so, so much better. And I always say the hardest thing is getting out the door. It is. I always say to people, focus on how you're going to feel when you come back in. And that'll help you get out of the door. Yeah, 100%. So um, you've qualified for Australia, is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You did that in Ibiza. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, how did you get on in Ibiza? Did you? So that was the one where I had the technical, the, it wouldn't go into the big ring. Where did you finish with? Third... I came sick. I came sick. Were you third Brit or to qualify? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So how did you find so, a big Oh, amazing. Were you there in 2018? No. Yeah. I think I had a year off that year from competing, just doing other stuff. Um, so, yeah, I didn't go, but oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's a fantastic place, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good, brilliant. Such a good course as well. And... Oh, honestly, I love, just loved it. I love being in the sun. I love racing, so for me, it's a win-win. So what else have you done this year, racing-wise and qualifying-wise? That's all I've done, but um, I'm doing the um, 
qualifier in October because I figure if I'm going to go to Australia, I'm doing the standard qualifier because I figure if I'm going to Australia, I should really make it worth my while and double up. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The sprint is first and the standard is second. So nice warm-up. So, um, yeah, nice warm-up. So I'm actually determined, I'm thinking now, rather than a month before and panicking that I haven't done any specific training, I'm actually thinking now I'm actively trying to put a base into my training alongside the lifting. So the lifting comes first and I get, then I try and put the training in around, you know, around the lifting. So at the weekends I'll do, go a little bit harder, go for a little bit longer just to keep the endurance strength endurance base there but I figure I've got till next I've got a year so I'm actually thinking quite far ahead yeah no it's good it's good to be prepared isn't it and you know yeah. get up get your base down now and then you know you can you can sharpen up later on in next year can't you um, yeah so you've touched on powerlifting a couple of times just explain now then what that entails how you got into it it was in lockdown um or just before the second lockdown and uh, um, my son just walked in. I just gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> um, uh, a lady came and joined my boot camp and her and her daughter did powerlifting. And I would always lifted weights, but um, I realised now when I thought I got a 70k squat, it was not a squat. It was more like a nervous switch. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I look now and think, yeah, this is proper squatting. So I thought, well, I'll just have a go at a powerlifting competition. And this is the weirdest thing because I've competed all my life. But it's a whole different thing because I was the first to open up the competition because I was squatting the lightest. And um, I had such a massive adrenaline dump in my body that my legs turned to like cooked spaghetti. And I couldn't get up out of the squat and I thought, what is going on here anyway you only get three lifts so I thought I can't go lighter I have to lift that I've got to do it and I thought well how am I I wanted to get the qualifying uh weight for the British championships I thought well I'm, I'm seven seven and a half k off how you know anyway I did it I just had a word to myself and said, logically, what do you think's happened? Because you squatted that weight before. So physiologically, what, what went on then? Oh, you had an adrenaline dump. That's all it was. So we're not going to let it, we're just going to put that to one side, reset and go again. So anyway, I just got into, and then I thought if I dropped down a weight category, I could get some world records because I was in the, 50 and a half K to 53 K category. And I thought if I go in the 47 and a half to 50 to 50 and a half, I could get some more records and I have done. Wow. And what so, are your world records in? So my deadlift, um, I've deadlifted 122 and a half in the full power, but in the single lifts, I've got 120. Um, my Can squat you just explain is, what the difference is, full power and single? So single is, you can either do a squat, 
or a bench press or a deadlift, or you can do all three, but they're all separate events. Right. Whereas the full power is all the three events combined. So if you if you bond on your squats, you'd be out. If you bond on any of them, you'd be out. That'd be the end of your competition. Um, gymnastics. So they've yes. got the they've got the single events, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah. someone might go on the rings, but he might not do anything else. And then yeah. you've got the all round events where they do it all. Yeah. Like, that that type of thing. Yes, exactly. Just right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and it's quite again, it is a very very unique environment where. It's so, so positive. Every woman, I mean, women are a lot more vocal than men. The women, they will they will support one another. They, they will straighten each other's crowns. Even if two women in the same category are going for the, for the same lift, they will cheer each other on. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that's women over, you know, in yeah. general, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just... You're a different animal to us, yeah. us fellas. You know, we just <laughs> we're just that wrapped up in our own heads and worlds that we don't really, you know. And I guess that's the mothering instinct, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so does, yeah, that doesn't mind. surprise me really. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is great to hear, even in it's sport. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant, honestly. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it, and I I love. It's very different to um, endurance events because you have to harness if I'm going for a heavy lift I have to harness every single part of me and really use my breath it's like I view it as chi as like power but it's like in an instant but it's unlike a duathlon because you have to go hard but steady you can't go 100% otherwise you're going to go into the red aren't you so it's quite different in that respect. Yeah. Cool. And I love it. Yeah. Well, it's obviously doing you good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and you're good yeah. at it. Surprise, surprise. Another <laughs> string to the ball. <laughs> oh, I suppose. Some people are, some people are just greedy. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's plenty of stuff I'm not very good at. Well, we're all like that, though, aren't we? I'm, I'm, only, yeah. I'm only kidding. Um, I mean, you, you've obviously got natural ability anyway you know looking from your background with the running and stuff and that's just transferred over to everything else that you've got you've got that ability haven't you and i would imagine you've got um really strong mental strength as well if that makes sense you're pretty tough cookie i would imagine yeah you're you're spot on about the mental approach you have to well you know yourself when you've competed and when when you're going through a rough patch in a race, because we all do, you can't crumble. You have to reset and go again in the middle of a race. You know, sometimes you have to do that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You have to not, you have to find that inner strength, that inner warrior. It's just, you know, but think logically about it as well. I think logically, I think, well, I know I've done this, a hundred times it's in my muscular neuromuscular system i know i can do this so i try and think logically as well and take the emotion out of it yeah yeah 
So when you're doing these competitions, are they abroad like the age group stuff is? What the um the weightlifting? Yeah, when you're doing world championships and stuff, are they all over the world? So the world championships, <laughs> um, the world full power last year was in Brandon, which is twelve miles up the road from me. <laughs> Handy. <laughs> um. But the world single lists were in Sardinia this year, which was oh, lovely. Nice. Yeah, but that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose it's um, most of them are in the UK, but some are either in Italy or France. So the single lists tend to be the world single lists will tend to be in Sardinia or France. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to get myself into powerlifting then for the trip. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's a fantastic journey you've been on there with all the different aspects and um, long may it continue. What have you got powerlifting-wise so. coming up? Have you got anything? I've got, so I've got, yeah, in November, no, in four weeks, I've got the European single lifts. So I'm going for the world record in the single lift which is 75, so I need to get 75.5 squat because I couldn't do, I I was overweight. I was a kilo overweight at the World Singles, so I couldn't compete in the squat in my weight category. Right. And the, the main reason I went was because I wanted the world record. So yeah. I got the Europeans in four weeks. And then I thought, oh, I might as well do the deadlift because if I weigh in at 50K dead... And I do 125k deadlift. That's two and a half times my body weight. So I thought I'll give it a go. Yeah, why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? You either get it off the ground or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Cool. So, well, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with it. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I think unless you've got anything else that you'd like to add, we can move on to the quick fire questions. Yeah. Quick fire questions. Let's do it. <laughs> right. So the first one is what does, and I touched on this earlier, what does a week of training look like at the moment for you? At the moment, it would be um, on a Sunday, I would do an off-road bike ride or a Zwift session. Uh, Monday, I would probably do my first lifting session. Tuesday, sometimes I might do a little run. Or joining at boot camp. Wednesday would be my second lifting session. And then Thursday I might do something duathlon related or not. Friday I tend to do some weights again. And then Saturday I probably I work as a I work at an obstacle course place as well, as a right. playmaker. So I do a lot of running around there and climbing yeah. over walls and stuff. So I think all of that is training as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say your, your actual job is keeping you, you fit. So yeah. you've got to be careful that you don't overdo it, I guess. And I think I am quite mindful of that. I take into account what I've done if, in my work and, you know, what, because I have to lump weights around yeah, yeah. all day yeah. long. So, you know, somebody got me a fishing trolley to ship my dumbbells around and I literally load it up till it's got about 150k in it and then I do like a, a 
I pull it up this little hill and all those sorts of things. I do that multiple times a day. Yeah. So it's that sort of training, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. I was chatting to one of my uh, club club members the other day and we were talking about, and I hadn't really, until we had this conversation, I, I'm a gardener. Um, right. And, you know, I'm, when I'm gardening, I don't, I'm not full-time, I'm just part-time. But when I'm gardening, I, it's physical work, you know what yeah. I mean? And I hadn't yeah. really thought about it. And Wednesday is my busiest day and I come in on Wednesday and I usually have a day off or I might go on a bike or whatever. And I come in and I I, I was absolutely shattered because I hadn't stopped. And I and I, I was chatting to him and I said, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until today, this moment, that all this work that I'm doing as well is like on top of the training. And you, you've just got to sit back sometimes and think, actually, are you doing too much? Um, exactly. But I haven't, like you've just said about your work, I hadn't really thought about what I was doing either. And it's now I've took stock and, you know, yeah. yeah. I do, I, I, I do think about, I do think about that now. So, you know, I'm going through the menopause and, yeah. you know, your energy can wane, you know. And I do actually take that into consideration. So I just, important. every now and then I will put in just, I'll stimulate my body. I'll just do like a long run, maybe a 12 mile run just to stimulate that endurance in me. Or I did like um, a charity bike ride for Costa. Um, so we did an indoor, it was the, oh, when Prince Charles got, what's it called? Oh, I can't Crumb. think Crumb, <laughs> yeah. Coronation. Coronation, that's it. Yeah. So we, we did it um, a Zwift indoor bike ride, a hundred and to like Buckingham Palace and back. So it's equivalent to 152 miles. Well, I hadn't done that sort of mileage, but just everything else I do, I think I averaged about 21 miles an hour. And I thought it just goes to show that all the little bits and pieces that I do that don't mean I do the same thing over and over again, but they all add up. Yeah. They yeah. all help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, w- I won't do many long rides, but I'll just chuck in a long run or a long ride every now and again just to keep the body yeah. awake. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it seems to be working for you anyway. Um, so yeah. long may it continue. Um, you. What's your favourite bit of kit? Um, what, in ter- what in terms of bikes or... Well, I guess in your case, it can be in, in terms of anything, really, because you do so much. It's my barbell. Your it's my barbell. I've never had that answer before, so that's unique. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely my barbell. Yeah, cool. And, <laughs> uh, and just just in that, what's your favourite favorite, um, lift? Is it squatting? Is it deadlifting? Is it benching? What's your... Deadlift. Deadlift's your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. And out of the three sport, well, it nuts two sports now in your case. What do you prefer, running now or biking? You know what? I'll probably say biking. I'll probably say biking. But I know if I just work on my base running fitness and then put a few speed running sessions in, it won't be as hard. And I think the love of running will come back. I think, yeah, when you get more specific and you get towards your goal, I think when you do that, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's... Yeah. At the moment, you're not there, are you? And you, you should No, I'm be. not there. You're not training for it, so... No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I'll just... 
I know how it works. Like you yeah. just hit the nail on the head. You just, yeah. when you don't have to be specific, but when you're then going to the pointy yeah. end, 100%. And it gets a bit more specific then, yeah. yeah. But probably biking, really, yeah. Cool. cool. And what resources do you use to help your training? Mainly, mainly multi-sport specific, really. So what, like Zwift? Well, anything, yeah. It could be Zwift, could be books, could be videos. What, you know, what would you oh, turn to? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I... Zwift, um, I suppose... In this day and age of social media, you can, there is a lot of misinformation out there. But also, if you are educated in a certain way, then you understand them. So I'll get certain reels through. And the, the way the algorithms work is you get more of those reels. Mm. So, you know, lifting ones or even duathlon, sport-related ones, you might get a reel through where there's a little snippet of information you think oh oh yeah hadn't considered that I suppose I read as well mm. I'll read and I draw from my past experience um because I coach a couple of um three Jew and Jew and triathletes and I think that I'll always go back to my experiences from running but my experiences from doing duathlons as well. And it's definitely a feel thing. I know how things are going to feel and the benefits you'll get during a race by doing certain things in training. Yeah. So a bit of everything, a bit of social media, a bit of reading. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and what advice would you give to anybody wanting to get into multi-sport? Oh, do it. Give it a go. To have a little bit of fun with it, always have fun with it just give it a go because it might be the one thing that ignites that passion in you yeah, cool. yeah. and finally then um what are your short and your long-term goals um i think my long-term goals are to try and get gold in the sprint duathlon um that's my long-term goal and Oh, to, to deadlift 133k in November, and that'll give me the world record in the full power. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would consider lifting in the 130s mm. ever. Yeah. Cool. Well, They're my goals. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank with you. Uh, I'm sure you'll smash them. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it. That's a great place to land it. So um, thank you ever so much for taking thank your you. time out. It's been lovely to meet you. Watch Likewise. Um, Likewise. So. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Cool. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Good luck. Well, thank you. Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks. Take bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. What a journey. Really enjoyed that. Hope you did too. Um fascinating isn't it uh, the insights to an elite athlete back in in the day uh, no sponsorship and uh, still had to do part-time work as well as fit training in uh, got to a great level just missed out on the olympics so unlucky so unlucky and then uh, she's continued that discipline throughout life and 
got into age group, multi-sport and um, world records at powerlifting. Incredible, incredible. So if you want to follow um, Angie on Instagram uh, and watch her crack world records <clears throat> and compete for age group, you'll find her on Instagram at angies.body.conditioning and you'll be able to see all the exploits that she she goes through. Fascinating, fascinating. So good luck, Angie, in the future. Um, I know she said she qualified for Australia and she's trying to qualify for two races over there. So good luck. Hope it goes well. And like I said during the interview, hope we catch up at some point in the future. And I'll be following you on Instagram. And I hope a lot more people will as well. And that's about it for this episode. Thank you once again for listening. Much appreciated. And if you would like to get in touch, you can email us at the agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to come on the programme, drop us a line. Or you can DM us at Instagram. And our handle is amp underscore 1967. We're on Facebook at ampgb. And we're also on Twitter at Age Group Multisport Podcast. We have our own website, which is www.agegroupmultisportpodcast.buzzsprout.com and you can find all our pods on there. We'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review and a rating. That would really, really help. Uh, and if you could just spread the word within your clubs, your friends, anybody who does multi-sport and on social media would really, really appreciate that because it would help us to get the pod out to more like-minded people. But until next time, stay safe, keep training and love the process. Mm-hmm.